0: Welcome everyone to the Happy Buildings Make More Money podcast on the Rosenberg and Estes Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Lindenbaum. Uh, I've been a real estate litigator, deal maker, investor, student in real estate in New York and New Jersey for about 20 years. I'm a member of Rosenberg and Estes PC in New York, which is a full-service real estate law firm with about 90 attorneys across various departments, practicing all areas of law, directly or indirectly uh, involving real estate in some way. On this podcast, we introduce you to some key players in real estate that I've met and have had the privilege of representing over the years. Uh, We talk to our guests about how they charted their own individual paths to success in real estate. And I hope that our guests agree that a, a rich and trusted relationship between attorney and client is a key piece to the puzzle. Uh, People have given us a lot of great feedback about our last episode when we interviewed uh, Patricia Dunphy of Rock Rose. I encourage you all to check out that episode uh, after listening to Dan today, my guest, Dan Fasulo. Patricia had some great uh, stories to tell us about how she built her career. And uh, we got to hang out recently at the Shoshama Gala that honored uh, Gary Rosenberg of of Rosenberg Estes, And we had a good time uh, consuming art and uh, all of those things close to art and getting outside our comfort zone in the name of uh, charity and uh, using vacant real estate in a positive way. I encourage everyone to check out the the good things that Shashama is doing. Uh, so it my was guess, a lot
1: of fun last time.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, Dan, you, you, we, were, damn, we <laughs> were there last year, right?
1: They're a great host.
0: Yeah, it's such a fun event. So everybody, uh, welcome. Meet Dan Fasulo, uh, a good friend and client. and. Um, a trusted advisor in uh, all, all all advice in life. Uh, Dan's been oh, active wow. in New York and global real estate for the past twenty plus mm-hmm. years with me, and uh, he owns uh, properties in New York, Las Vegas, and other states. And uh, those are his side projects. Uh, Dan's focus in his career is on real estate data, market research, and prop tech. He was with uh, started his career with GVA Williams, which is now Collier, Cushman and Wakefield, and then he was the managing director and the head of global research for Real Capital Analytics. and was with Newmark Knight Frank, and does various consulting gigs since the COVID world hit. So, so Dan, welcome! Thanks for joining me on on the podcast.
1: You're making me tired just thinking about all that stuff. It's, 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 are you ready to retire? <laughs> you know, 20, 25 plus years in real estate data research technology. I've had just been blessed to have a a whole bunch of just super unique experiences on earth you know and uh you know definitely a new yorker at heart my uh my family moved to the bronx when it was farmland my grandfather tells me that that story all the time west farms actually was a farm
0: i mean isn't that Um, the origin story of what of
1: what the bronx was (laughs) it was the bronx farm wasn't it it was was farmland yeah and uh so we go back way back in new york city Sulos, Romitos, um, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, well, we'll feel, uh, back, feel free to go
0: back to as far as the origins as, oh, as you like. I mean, that, that's what I like to explore, uh, on the podcast yeah. and, and you and I have a good origin story. Yeah. We, we met at Cornell,
1: right? The same fraternity. Yep. Um, uh, you really want to go back to my Sim City days at in, in, in college. <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd be amazed how many um, how many folks in the real estate industry like they'll whisper, like, "Oh, I used to play SimCity all the time," and uh, such an awesome game. When I'm talking about early like software that had like like basically first generation AI AI in it. Um, SimCity, aw- awesome application. I remember you playing
0: that endlessly. I think I tired of it pretty soon. Oh, you know, one one early technology that I remember that used to exist, Google used to have a real estate uh, app that aggregated all available listings in one map, and that just, like, disappeared overnight. And I remember everybody being up in arms saying, what happened to that? It was amazing.
1: To tell you something about the structural challenges in doing real estate listings, even Google can't do it. It's a very... Um... It's a very tough business yeah um,
0: well anyway I, I mean you know so our, our start at cornell w- was interesting because we, we both studied this very narrow uh specialty labor and uh, labor relations and and neither of us went into that that route so you know when, when did you know that you know human resources and, and labor and employment wasn't for you
1: so my family was all, always into like real estate you know we used to renovate houses growing up it was kind of like dinner table talk so I was always, I just had a personal interest in that. And so my first job out of college, I applied, um, uh, for a bunch of, you know, real estate analyst positions, I got a job, a firm called Tenantwise at the time. Um, it's just basically a runner. Uh, I, think I, I think it was my first pay was like 20,000 a year. It was basically just enough to pay for my train ride living at home. Um, you know, I eventually pivoted into doing proper real estate research. GVA Williams, Cushman Wakefield, um, got an awesome education, uh, about the commercial real estate industry, in New York City. You know, I got to, to work and just on a daily basis be surrounded by, uh, super dynamic folks in the industry. You know, I think of Michael Cohen at, at GVA and his whole team, um, now Collier's, um, you know, or, or work with the team in New Jersey. You know, Pushman Wakefield. I got to work with a whole bunch of dynamic folks. You know, this is what the, um, you know, the, the 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 younger folks that are really, you know, pushing their CEOs to stay at work from home forever. They're just not understanding. They're really hurting themselves. You know, I I remember those early years and how much, just, just I like picked up just watching and listening to senior professionals in the industry. And I definitely would not have been able to grow as quickly as I did without being, you know, around these really dynamic, uh, deal makers and just listening and watching and just through osmosis, you know, they don't have any time for you. Obviously they're too busy. Anyone worth listening to is just too busy, especially commercial real estate. When well, you know that I mean, your clients, they just they're talk a mile a minute and like you, you have to be there. You're not picking up anything over zoom with those, those folks.
0: I mean, so, so much is, you know, through, through email, maybe phone, if you got to hammer something out, but like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're available 24 seven, you know, checking the phones. I mean, especially, you know, since, since post COVID, I mean, there's no such thing as, as a regular work week anymore. I mean, I find myself, you know, taking a couple hours out, you know, between five and seven to connect with the family, but I'm, I'm working again, (laughs) you know, nine o'clock at night to midnight, whatever, you know, catching up on stuff through the day, you, you got, you got to, you know make your make your time uh you know and 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 the people who are growing up in our firm are are you know need to be we need to be available for them too so yeah so,
1: uh, yeah what the work from home stats don't tell you is that everyone was working from home on mondays and fridays even before the lockdowns uh, but we can we can get into that later well,
0: no i mean it, it goes across inju- <laughs> industries i mean you know when, yeah. when the courts were closed it was easy to work from home but they're pretty much all back open now. So from the legal perspective and the real estate perspective, we wanna fill our clients' buildings again. Um, you know, lawyers who are young and learning, they've gotta be in court, so they've gotta be close to the office. And yeah, I mean, you know, we we usually take Fridays work from home. We, we, we've we adjusted our policies, you know, to have like a 50% time. And
1: and that's that's our
0: reality, you know? I don't know if we can make it a livable one.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll find out. Um, yeah. You know, after I did brokerage uh, research, I think I had a call out of the blue one day, you know, from a startup a data company called Real Capital Analytics. Um, you know, it, I think I was, I went up taking that position. I, I think I was their fifth or sixth employee. I think there's a, a running debate. Um, but, you know, when, when I grew up in brokerage research, everything was about analyzing the space markets, you know, the leasing market uh supply, demand, new construction, vacancies. And there was always like a big missing ingredient, which was, you know, how about the capital markets? You know, how about capital flows? You know, who are the buyers showing up, right? How is that gonna impact my building or, or, or the, the, the values of my market? And uh, so, um, you know, uh, RCA was founded by a really brilliant guy named Bob White, who came out of Hill Secured. It kind of clicked with me right away that, you know, this was a missing ingredient in the real estate data research space. There was really no one tracking the capital markets in a uh, let's call it a comprehensive, holistic way. And so, uh, yeah, I joined that firm. I think it was their most expensive employee at that at that moment. So, just and to explain uh, explain yeah. to
0: people a little bit. So, you 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 would have raw data, or you would be making reports. And uh, I mean, who are your customers? Your customers were the big brokerage houses
1: when i started we didn't have many customers it must have been you know uh uh maybe a couple of dozen clients maybe a little more yeah. and uh yeah so you know brokers love data obviously and you know this is you wanted to be especially an investment sales broker you know 25 years ago you know a key component of your job was collecting and, and, and tracking the data right the comps you know there was no you know, looking up deed transfers on acres back then, That's you know, I actually remember one of my earliest jobs as a researcher, I, I actually remember going out to courthouses and physically going into the room and going through all these uh, papers and, you know, figuring out how to get access to the photocopier and uh, just to, you know, track, you know, deed transfers back then. Um, so everyone had kind of their, their, their secret spreadsheets, Right. And, um, you know, at, at RCA, we went about, you know, figuring out how to aggregate data at scale, semi real time. You know, this is, this was, you know, the early days of when, um, you know, the real estate media was all going digital. They were doing a better job with tracking, uh, property transactions locally. Um, a lot of the, um, you know, recorder, assessor offices started to go digital. Um, you know, the the public market started to show up in commercial real estate a little bit, you know, REITs, um, uh and so there's more access to data through SEC filings. And, you know, um in early two thousands there was a few firms that were kind of in this space, uh, but several, you know, after the downturn 01, 02 um gave up and you know kind of RCA was was the only group standing and you know, we kind of grew up as commercial real estate became a real institutional asset class and um, you know, I had a wonderful experience there over a decade, uh, mostly as the head of head of research. Yeah. So, so
0: nowadays, I mean, data is everywhere. Everyone knows how to use Acris. Uh, everything yeah. is, is probably downloadable. The city makes, you know, on open source data, uh, uh, you know, yeah. available readily. Uh, I mean, so yeah. is that has that? Sector of the industry had to evolve or have uh, brokerage houses that who are your customer base, bring it in house. how's the data being consumed, you know, from, from the, um, the industry end
1: now. Well, things, things started to get real when the blackstones of the world started, you know, getting access to the data themselves. right? Right. So the, the, the brokers themselves, um, no longer were just conduits to the data. Um, they increasingly were expected by their clients to become, you know, uh, more dynamic, let's call it analyzers um, of the data, you know, generating insights that, you know, a sophisticated uh, investor couldn't generate themselves, right? So it's really, you know, it's part of the overall growth of commercial real estate as an industry, um, you know, we're s- arguably still well behind. Um, let's call it Wall Street and other other asset classes, and how we, you know, um, let's call it, look, you know, develop alpha generating strategies and uh, more sophisticated risk management. But we're we're getting better, little little, little by little. Uh, the industry is growing, and um, there are um, certain top of the triangle uh, investors I can think about that are are, are differentiating uh, right now, and um, you know it, that those that type of differentiation makes um, a big difference in a market like this, right? Where we have real volatility, uh, the tide's going out, it kind of exposes the people that, you know, don't have um, a truly dynamic um, investment in as the management strategies. When I
0: mean, the legal industry was always the, the slowest to evolve. I mean, the fact that we have electronic filings in our real estate cases now seem, you know, mm-hmm you know, born out of necessity when the courts were closing, that's when it all kind of came to be. Um, I don't know. Westlaw is trying. Lexus is trying, you know, trying to, trying to digitize, uh, you know, uh, you know, stats on cases and, and such, but you know, the things that come across my desk, the litigations that come across one at a time, the deals come across one at a time and you see some trends and you think you understand the industry, but uh, not on that granular I, level. I you keep, know?
1: I keep I keep the, the robots away from your, your law libraries. I mean, they're, they're going to get good. I mean, um, at, at really digesting, you know, the, the heart of a case, right. And figuring out where the precedents lay, you know, stuff that human beings aren't even going to have the ability to do at some point. Uh, um,
0: AI is definitely a discussion that is happening. It's happening. Well,
1: uh, for medical care, I, I trust a well-trained robot over a doctor these days, <laughs> right? <laughs> No doubt. I'm glad you're a healthy Mass. Kind of, who's getting over something?
0: Uh, so, so we were talking a little bit about about work from home. I mean, you know, how, how do you see uh, the office market looking? You know, uh, I mean, th- there seems to be a race to the you know prime AAA office space, but but maybe not the Class B space and conversions. Yeah. And, and is, how how far do you see demand sinking?
1: Well, you know the, the pendulum always swings too too far. You know the press is always more dramatic than it should be. Um, I I I I already think the pendulum's come back the other way. I think um, I think there's some uh, that are misrepresenting the occupancy statistics right now. Um, you know we have unfortunately the tight labor market is really kind of helping delay the truth if you know what I mean. You know, even the CEOs that intuitively know that, you know, let's call it permanent work from home is not the best long-term strategy for their business. Um, Some of them are are having to go back the other way, and, you know, um, know, they're getting feedback that they need to appease um, their workers in order to keep them, basically, especially the best workers. Um, You know, as it relates to real estate, I think the market has really overreacted. Um, um, I think you know, some of the, it's called the public market valuations have gotten so low, that, you know, we're well beyond, uh, you know, a tenant not renewing their lease or downsizing or not being able to read refinancing their mortgage. I mean, some of the valuations have gotten so low, you know, people are betting against just New York city in general. And, um, it's, uh, I, I think, I think, you know, betting against New York City over a ten-year period has always been a bad bet. Bad move. Going back hundreds of years, and um, I just I'm not buying the the we're going back to the suburbs or people are you know going to be able to work remote forever. You know, I've um, I've gotten heavily involved with um, um, digital product development. Real technology development over the last several years. Sure, tell Um, us about that. I mean, you know, and you know, these are, you know, technology parlance. You know, building let's call it a software product is basically like constructing a building. You know, the the cross section of talented professionals that you need to do this stuff, and the just the pure quantity of tasks necessary is just so hard that if if you're not a well-seasoned team, there's going to be so much that gets lost in try- translation. You're, you're, your building is going to be the leaning tower of Pisa and be in the wrong color with a foundation that's not pulled. You know, it's... And so I think people misread what ha- actually happened during lock- lockdowns. You know, experience, well, let's call it seasoned... Um, teams certainly have the ability to flip a switch and work remotely like this via email. But the problem is over time, people leave. You have to replace team members with new team members, right? Missions changes and uh, uh, performing this like really dynamic, complex, let's call it uh, more, more brain type of work is very hard in the remote environment. Um, I'm not convinced it can be done, and um, I think if anything, trends that were have already been happening over the past 20 years, 20 plus years, regarding outsourcing, this last few years might have sped that up. But to say that the office is over, I'm I'm just not buying it.
0: I agree. I mean, it's essential to the to the training of what we do. I mean, you know, you you know every industry is different but if you're if you're focusing on building a piece of technology i mean that's got to be the focal yeah. point and people have to be able to see and touch that the same thing with lawyers uh, you know we're we're focused on how to get a case from inception all the way to trial and involved with that is understanding how to write how to appear before a court um, you know how to relay your arguments how to you know see the building blocks of of your case go uh, you know in a linear fashion and and you can only train people to do that uh, in, in, in a face-to face yeah. way. so you know our, our firm's done a good job of striking the balance I think and and you know you, you need to understand your people you need you can't lead remotely you know you got you got to be there you have to be there. yeah no I hear you so so what what, what kinds of prop tech you know you, you you've thrown that word around and uh, you know in our conversations, you know, what kind of products do you see as exciting now, now that, you know, the the traditional uh, reports and the data is more available? What are the advanced uh, technologies that you see propelling the real estate industry into the future?
1: Yeah, my vertical is really data. And um, I tried to stay in that lane. You know, sometimes um, it wanders into things like um, broker broker technology. um, Let's call it alpha generation type of tech for sophisticated uh, equity investors um, and uh, also uh, around asset management um, and implementation of that type of strategies and unfortunately it's it's been a little sluggish uh, in this world and um, not because the lack of attempts by the way Um, Do you think
0: think the industry is is slow to adapt or, you know, this is how we've been managing, it's going well.
1: The industry has been tremendously supportive, tremendously, you know, there's more capital available um, than ever for prop tech companies. There's more strategic capital um, uh, involved in the sector than there there ever has been, you know, actual, you know, uh, investors, owners, Uh, operator types, developers that are putting their, their money uh, behind these tech firms and we're still having challenges. And, um, you know, a a lot of it comes down to just the structural nature of, of this business. Um, you know, the, the lack of recurring revenue dollars that can continuously support, um, software. You know, if you're, you're, you're running a portfolio of assets. The, the last thing you want to do is attach any type of expense to your portfolio of assets, right? You know, that's kind of uh, asset manager, one-on-one don't put expenses on your portfolio, right? Why would you want to reduce the NOI? It's going to reduce the price right. uh, or the value of the portfolio. Right? I'm not this, right? I mean, you're you learning. know, uh, we, you know, we, we had, um, an RCA, you know, you name the top of the triangle investor owner, they were all clients. Uh, getting Larry Silverstein as a client, forget about it. That guy wouldn't attach a box of pencils, uh, expense to his, his portfolio. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's, it's hard. And when you th- really think about the income or let's call it the profit, or just, just the money that flows to the industry, um, a lot of the income comes from the tenants, right? and it flows through the owners and it's, it's not all profit, right? It usually gets passed through to their investors, right? Or part of the the money gets passed through to, um, um, uh, the lender
0: for the mortgage
1: payment. So there's just not as much capital, even though it's a, you know, I don't know, numbers get thrown around 15, $20 trillion industry. It's a lot smaller than you think when you really kind of break down the structural nature of it, you know, and on that note, like it's, it's, we're not one industry, right? There's so many different segments, you know, by property sector, you we're know, different food groups. You know, the institutional world's completely different than the local world. New York City is its own place on earth. Well, right?
0: You've got to, you... I mean, what, what, what do you see <laughs> the trend, what do you see the trends happening here? Because you know, we have a lot of clients who are lifelong New York real estate clients, and all of a sudden I say you haven't been so active oh yeah well we're in Maryland now we're in DC now we're in Alabama now there there I see yeah. I see flight from New York City from people who were otherwise you know double triple down you know generational uh involvement here who are scared of the political climate I mean you know my, my firm is tracking legislation on an ongoing basis the, the the laws keep changing the Senate passed you know tenant, protection, sweeping reforms, who knows if it's gonna get, you know, enacted into law, whether the governor will sign it. But I mean, these yeah. are things that have made business very difficult to do here from, a, you know, from a legal perspective. We,
1: uh, well, we became a victim of our own success. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain that, you know, I've, uh, I've lived in Manhattan um, for about 25 years now. And, um, you know, I had a couple of stints. I had a stint in Hong Kong. Uh, had a stint in uh, London, uh, but I, I I think I've always kept an apartment here in Manhattan. And, uh, you know, let's call it before, before lockdown, maybe mid to so we, we We had some run of prosperity. And, um, you know, New York City is a transient place. We have a lot of people that come from other places. If you you kind of sh- showed up out of the blue in the early 2000s, and had, um, you know, a nice 15 plus year run. You know, we know some people that raised their children in, in the public schools that were, were getting better and better over this time period. And you, you, you would have thought this place was Shangri-La. You know, you would, in 2010, you would be hard pressed to find a block where you could get into trouble in, in Manhattan, right? I mean, we really, and so, so where I'm going is I, I don't, especially a lot of the out-of-towners don't realize that we had just an unbelievable, we are unbelievably fortunate to have the one-two punch of Giuliani and Bloomberg that really just set up this city, um, for success, uh, you know, across a whole lot of different verticals. And it's, it's, it's not, it's something that, it could have went in a different direction, right? Giuliani only won by a couple of votes. You know, Bl- Bloomberg. We luck. We luckily got a um, a third term out of him, which allowed him to, you know, really, you know, push a lot of his uh, uh, initiatives across the finish line. Or his team. Um, I, I I remember like the uh, let's call it the document recording system for New York City just didn't work before. Um, uh, uh, before we had the real upgrades, sure. um, you know, while well, more efficient, you know, New when York I city, grew up, the you know,
0: New York city was the first uh, jurisdiction uh, to really go digital, I
1: believe. I, you know, 15 years ago, I remember I met with the, it was the Hong Kong land authority. And even back then they were, they were trying to figure out how to create like a, like a land registry type of system, you know, basically modeled off a of New York city system. Um, and, you know, for our world, I mean, the efficiency, efficiency gains have been tremendous. Um, so, you know, we had this amazing run and people, um, you know, the old timers remember, you know, my, my, I, I I was born in the seventies and in, in the Bronx, Albert Einstein. We left. We went to Rockland County to, to grow up. My parents took us out, right? Um, we, we can recognize that there's a series of policies that just don't work and they lead to outcomes that aren't desirable, uh, in mass for anyone. And unfortunately that we have a new group of maybe younger folks, um, or supported by younger folks that are going to have to learn the hard way. And I, I hope the cycle is quicker this time than it was in the seventies and eighties. Um, but you know, that's a bet that not many people are going to take. Or not as many as that would have taken and uh you know i think a lot of cities are seeing the uh, they're, they're a couple years ahead you look at san francisco i mean you know the, the 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 keys just got handed back on on the largest mall in downtown san francisco right i saw you that know, this is yeah i mean it is a direct um Line from the policies enacted by the, the local legislature, and the just the demolishing of of, of local value. You know, how hard was it to, if you remember in the nineties, we fought to get retailers to come back right. to parts of the city that had been burnt out. Why do we have to do this again? You know, well, listen, and um, we're not going back to, to
0: to retail. I mean, you know, we've seen we've yeah. seen industrial explosion. You know, because the you know the online shopping is not going away. You know, but but at the cost of what do the cities look like? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think, I think I'm, I'm bullish that we'll figure it out, uh, but it, whether it's going to take five years or 10 years to kind of, I mean, uh, arguably the pendulum is off the bottom, the other way a little bit. But these t- things take time. They take time.
0: Glad all your optimism isn't squirted away yet. So, so, you know, you, you, you've, you've got all this knowledge, you've got all this experience, you're, you're freelancing now. What are you consulting on? What are you working on?
1: I'm I'm helping out a company called CompStack right now. Yeah. Super dynamic, unique company on earth. Um, uh, The founders are brilliant. They figured out a, a super unique way to aggregate data on lease transactions. Okay. And you know, when, when, when I grew up, um, you know, you, you wanted to figure out the leases taking place in the market. The broker used to ring ring across the street and try to trade with um, brokers at different firms. Right. Well, all right? they ever
0: had was asking rents, you know, which, you know, from a litigation perspective never worked. That was only the data that, you know, how you would get an actual signed lease was always a mystery.
1: Well, I, I mean, think about it today, where you have free rent periods well over a year. I seen I saw one for 2 years the other day and you know massive work letters so even the even if you had the face rent that really means nothing you really need to understand you know what's in the lease you know what the whole what, how, how do I get to a net effective rent and this firm has uniquely been able to uh, acquire this data on earth um through basically um uh developing a, a marketplace where brokers could trade information not just brokers, but also appraisers. Um, And, um, you know, all the exhaust turns into, you know, uh, super valuable data for for large investors, uh, lenders, um, um, private equity, you know, the the biggest developers, the most sophisticated players on earth um, that really want to analyze the market themselves. You know, our, our
0: lease, our standard lease form has a confidentiality clause. How do you get around that?
1: So, you know, there's data that just gets talked about in the ether, Got right? It. You, sanitize and
0: it. you sanitize the names, yeah.
1: It's, you know, the mob used to have a name for it, but um, <laughs> this is no different than data collection that happens, you know, across lots of industries, right? And, um, you know, there is something to be said that, you know, even in the traditional manner, as, as, as details used to get, um, passed around, you know, mostly via voice, um, you know, eventually it becomes community data. And, uh, to be able to, there's so much more value added to that as well. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a super unique platform. It's, uh, it's very valuable for the industry too. Because one thing we've been slow at um, is figuring out how to do things like automated valuations for properties and portfolios. You know, okay. when in Wall Street, you know, when an analyst is tracking the value of a company, you know, they have these fancy Excel models or fancy software today. And, you know, something, a data point changes here or there. They push a button and there, all the models waterfall down and refresh. We're, we're still behind in that. And one of the reasons uh, has been the lack of data on income, um, uh, you know, the lease transactions inside of properties, and so um, you know, Comstock's uniquely uh, positioned to take advantage of um, 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 you know what, what's upcoming in a, in our world. Our valuations. Very cool.
0: And how about the yeah. book? How's the book coming along?
1: I um, Dan, be-
0: just for a little background, Dan's been talking about writing a book. The title was written about twenty years ago. Life according to Dan. Have you gotten past the title?
1: Well, I think uh, you, you're going to get me some legal letters, even uh, just talking about a potential book. <laughs> I, I just, I've been so lucky to have been ha- able to have so many unique experience. I'm still, you know, only forty five years old. I've just been, you know, on multiple continents. I, well, I, I can write a whole book about. Uh, helping to collect data in Eastern Europe and China, I got some real, real stories. Um, I'm actually helping uh, uh, a startup right now um, uh, that wants to become the real capital analytics of Africa. You know, okay. Africa's kind of like the the final frontier for institutional investors. And sure. you know, uh, you know what usually comes first are things like um, uh, industrial warehouses, right? That help with you know uh, moving the all the raw materials around and finished goods that come out uh, of the manufacturing process. Uh, but eventually it leads to retail. And so this, um, I, I was kind of in the early, um, innings of tracking data at some remote places around the world and to be able to help, uh, uh, this startup is, is pretty fun. I actually owe, owe that gentleman an email actually now that I'm thinking about it. All
0: right, well.
1: Um, but no, no, there's no, no book coming anytime soon. I've got two young kids that are keeping me super busy as well.
0: All right, as long as I can still write the forward, I I think we're good. I'll be patient. All right, well, this was great, Dan. Thanks for giving uh, our client base, uh, whoever else is listening out there an insight to your world, your thoughts. Um you know, how, how do you how do you feel about uh about podcasts? This is it the first one you've done? How many have you done?
1: I done I've done a bunch of podcasts. Yeah. Um uh-uh i i i I love the the medium you know I'm a podcast uh, listener myself. Um, it, it's you know I think we've all found out you know listening to a two minute snippet on cable news or even uh you know a, a short article just um there's 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 too much that gets lost in translation and we're not getting the full story. so I, I always like I like the long form uh, form of communication. Uh, a lot better. so I uh, I wish you guys well on this. I'm sure you have lots of interesting clients, uh, a lot more interesting than me. I'm sure uh, I'm sure you do well with this.
0: Well, thanks for diving deep with us today, Dan. Uh anybody out there who's uh, who's interested, who's listening, they could reach out to me for an introduction to Dan. If you think there's a synergy between his expertise and your business, uh, I'd love to make the introduction for you. And uh, you know any questions that our listeners have, have please send them in. We'll get them answered through Dan, uh, through email or otherwise. And uh, if there's anything that um, real, uh, Rosenberg and Estes can do to uh, advance your business in any uh, area of real estate law, uh, litigation, transactions, uh, due diligence, we're, we're here and uh, and I'm sure Dan would uh, put his stamp of approval on us given uh, our in-depth conversations and, 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 and work over the years. Thanks for having me. Uh, such a pleasure. Have a good one, Dan. I'll see you later.